My father could have been a great comedian, but he didn't believe that that was possible for him. And so he made a conservative choice. Instead, he got a safe job as an accountant. And when I was 12 years old, he was let go from that safe job. And our family had to do whatever we could to survive. I learned many great lessons from my father, not the least of which was that you can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. doing stand-up if someone is bombing or if you're bombing like that sense of awkwardness does it end up actually being funny or you could just does it just feel awkward at that point Sometimes. do you ever can you ever get used to bombing i guess yeah i mean that's part of like the practice of how you get good at it is like even the funniest comedian i think like if you go up at an open mic where like you know there's six people in the room and they're all just staring at their phones like nobody is going to crush 100 percent of the time so figuring out yeah, how to like sit in that awkwardness and like not panic and like find your a way to talk your way out of it. Yeah, that's definitely one of the goals of like getting good at it. I don't think I'm perfect at it, but you know, you get better over time. How long have you been doing stand up for? Uh, similar, I did like my first ever like sets when I started college, but I'd say I started doing it like seriously, trying to do it like you know, get up most days a week in the city like three or four years ago, about when we graduated. It's interesting that you say that you feel like it's like the truest form to like how you think, I think you said, or like how you are creatively. Like I've always wondered, how do you, how do you like, how does a stand-up comedian turn an observation and like make it into like a joke or like make it into part of a routine, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting question because it's not like, you know, even though like other art forms are just as open in some ways, like, you know, there's music theory, there's like, you know, people go to art school, there's kind of like more standardized theories where like you know there's not really any rules to writing jokes like i think it really depends on the person but um yeah i mean I, it's, you know, yeah it's a lot of repetition i think it's mostly like 
if you're funny, you have funny thoughts just sort of automatically. So it's about like getting in the habit of like writing them down and then remembering them and figuring out how to like express them in a way that still feels genuine and organic, even though it's like a thing you have written down in the notes app of your phone, kind of like figuring out how to make it not seem weird and seem authentic. Is a lot of that also reading the room? Yeah, for sure. No, for sure. I think those is going to be. Yeah, those are kind of like the two sides of it, I think, are like having strong material, but also like being present in the room and being a strong performer. Yeah, it's it's like funny. I, I wouldn't have thought there would be, but there are a lot of parallels between doing comedy and teaching. It's like in a similar way where you need to like know the lesson and have like the things you're going to say to the kids, but you also need to be able to like, you know, make sure kids aren't like throwing spitballs at each other and talking and like yeah. maintaining just sort of control over the room. You got to be able to do both at once. If a lesson is taking longer than plans, just sort of mm-hmm. adjusting. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. But I'm sure you're like sitting there sometimes like as the class is going haywire and they're like, well, at least this is going to make good material for me to use. Sure, later. right? <laughs> the kids have to be roasting. That's like oh yeah, absolutely. Activities. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They are hilarious. Yeah, that definitely helps on the tough days. Be like, oh, at least I'm gonna get some content out of it. But yeah, that's the thing. It's like even if they say something that's like insulting to me in the moment, usually it's like if I think about it and remove myself a little bit, it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like uh, before we step further into this, uh, this is probably a good time to do some intros since we've already covered yeah. like two of your passions. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to You Free, our communal podcast. It's your boy, Zim. We got Eric joining us as always. And who else we have on the line tonight? My name is Jackson, uh, Jackson Fisher. I'm a middle school teacher by day, comedian by night here in uh, beautiful New York City. Hey, and you're also a big NBA fan too, right? <laughs> a little bit. I like, I say I'm honestly a bigger fan of like, kind of like the culture and discussion around basketball than I am truly of the NBA. Like, I'll watch the finals most years, right. but, like, I don't ever watch the regular season. But, like, I like listening to, like, funny NBA podcasts and, like, follow, trying to follow it on Twitter and stuff like that. You know, it's, a, like, a funny source for content. Yeah. Well, you also didn't, you also didn't grow up with the NBA team. There aren't any NBA teams out in Nebraska. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. I am. Uh, yeah, I grew up in, uh, in Nebraska. And, yeah, exactly. Like, even basketball oh, at all is not very big there. But, yeah, it's, like, definitely college football country. And then, yeah, there's, like, not any, you know, you have to go to, like, Chicago or Kansas City or, like, you know, the surrounding states to find any professional team. So, yeah, I don't really have any allegiances as far as that stuff goes i like my uh, my girlfriend's from houston and i like james harden just like as a dude so i do i would like if i had to pick who i'm a fan of i'd say i'm a rockets fan wait what prompted the move from nebraska i like always wanted to do comedy and like do something creative with my life and there's just not a ton of you know that industry doesn't really exist there very much so i always wanted to like move to a bigger city uh and like you know start pursuing that and then i but i also like was good in school and wanted to go to like a good college so um, <laughs> that's valid <laughs> yeah right it's like it made columbia like made my parents happy but also it's like oh i can go and you know be set up to try to do new comedy stuff what sort of industries are popping in nebraska um, that's a good <laughs> that is a good question honestly i mean like so where i am from is where the university of nebraska is so like my mom used to work for the university definitely that's one of the big employers around um in my hometown there's like a big uh gallup like call center for people who do like telemarketing and poll and like phone polls and stuff like that so a lot of my friends did that when i was growing up um 
there's like I don't know I think like statewide you know it's like there's a lot of agriculture still there's like meat packing and uh, some stuff like that but I don't know every I feel like every medium sized town is like trying to have its own sort of like Silicon Valley moment there's like all these weird like Nebraska only tech startups that my friends work for and I'm like how is that you know I don't understand how that's enough of a market to support a business but you know they're working there <laughs> homegrown in Nebraska <laughs> yeah. Right. There's like one that involves something with like how like football player how like the coaches like send football plays to players on the field or some sort of like football technology app uh, that's called Huddle that's spelled like app style H U D L and that's like the hot shit as far as Nebraska tech startups go yeah interesting was it a was it a big culture shock from you going from Nebraska to New York I mean I'm sure it was but like how was it a culture shock for you You've Oh yeah for sport. sure. You have to miss looking up in the sky, see no stars, bro. Oh my yeah, God. absolutely. I'm from Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, for sure. Just like yeah, I miss the stars and just like having open space that's not like filled with people. I mean, it's nice that like literally everything in my hometown, like unless it's a bar, it closes at from like eight to ten p.m. And if it's a bar, it closes definitely at two, if not earlier. So like. It was crazy for ha- coming here and just having like, you know, you can do stuff. You can go places literally anytime. You know, there's a there's like some but really not very many homeless people in where in my hometown, I will say. And like the first few days where I was in New York, I was just like, holy shit, this is grim, you know. But then you kind of get used to it and you understand like why they're there and stuff. But yeah, that was definitely a big adjustment. Mm. Hearing mad languages too. It's like I pretty much heard English and like maybe Spanish, but I didn't really pay attention growing up. But like you just hear so many languages in the city. As far as like the comedy scene, because I know there is a big comedy scene, but I also like <clears throat> I'm more tapped into the music scene. But what I've noticed about the New York sure. music scene is that there's a lot of musicians, but also like all these open mics, you're just going up there and performing to other people who want to mm-hmm. be musicians. <laughs> yeah. So I, like, what's the what's the like camaraderie slash community like as far as the comedy scene goes? Like first off are you seeing the same folks when you go to these different events? And then also like, are you seeing non-comedy folks there too? Cause I also feel like personally speaking, if I'm going to step in blindly, I might be more interested stepping in blindly to comedy than stepping in blindly to music sometimes. Yeah, why, why is that? I mean, like I, I, I know like a ton of musicians, but Jackson's the only comedian I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> information. Yeah. It is interesting too, that like, Comedy is something like, you know, you can't think of music without like labeling it by its genre or like what style it is. But we really don't like put comedy in genres. You know, people are just like, oh, I'll go see some comedy. So it seems like sort of a more open ended thing than just like mm, randomly really seeing music. Point. Yeah. Um, but to speak to your question, yeah, I mean, there are definitely like New York is such a big scene that it's kind of like there are different sort of geographic pockets. You know, there's kind of a like Brooklyn scene that's mostly in, uh, in Williamsburg and Bushwick. Um, you know, there's a, there's a Manhattan scene with one that's more downtown. There's one that's more uptown. There's definitely like its own little sub scene in like Astoria. Um, so you'll definitely see like, you know, some people everywhere, but definitely people like within their own little scene pockets. Um, but yeah, it's definitely tough, like performing just to other comics. I honestly like when I can do mics uh, that are both musicians and comedians, because then you get some non, uh, some non comedians in the audience. But yeah, that's definitely like the toughest part of performing in New York. I think the comedians are better here and like the way the industry works, like it's a good place to be. But because of that, like everyone here is a little bit more like success minded and there's less of a just sense of like, we're all just hanging out and making friends than you would have in most other cities. When you're practicing a bit, cause I, I tried to write jokes, but it did not go well. 
Like I, I'm, I'm gonna put a snap <laughs> with the roast, but like actually sitting down yeah. writing something, like working through the whole process. That's not where my I guess like creativity lies. When you're when you're writing bits and then I guess preparing for for shows, are you like performing mm-hmm. in the mirror? Like, how do you start gauging those laughs? Yeah, I mean, I do like practice saying things out loud at home so I can see how they hear. I don't. I try not to get too like. You know, you don't want to have like the whole set memorized and just be up there reciting yeah. it. Like we were saying earlier, you want to be like, feel like you're in the moment and like, you know, acting organically. So, yeah, I'll definitely have like, you know, I'll be like, I have a few jokes on like this topic, you know, on being from Nebraska or whatever. I have a few jokes on being from a teacher. Sorry, being a teacher. You know, I can kind of like have these points where I know like if I get on this subject, I can hit some jokes that I like have written before and know they work pretty well. But I try not to have it like super... You know, I don't want to have, like, joke A, joke B, joke C, like, everything mapped out. You know, it's important to write and practice and stuff, but also sometimes you'll think things are hilarious. And then uh, other, it just, like, doesn't translate to other people, you know. You really do need to, like, get it up in front of people to know if it's good or not. Because I've seen some comedians, like, on YouTube, they just they, they just start doing crowd work, you know. And I know that has mm-hmm. to, that's creative as fuck. But I think at that point, too, it's just, like, being so comfortable in that pocket must be insane. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. you been heckled? It is, yeah. Yeah, not a. I, I haven't had very many people. I'm trying to think of anyone if they've ever like literally like yelled and talked shit to me while I'm going on stage. It's mostly just people who are like not paying attention so aggressively that they're like loud and disrupt the show. Or I will say like, I have had shows where like I'll be doing a joke where I don't know like there'll be like an what I assume is like an obvious point where I'm like being like hypocritical or like there's some turn in the joke where it like makes me look dumb and then somebody in the crowd will be like you come off as dumb in that joke and to me i'm like yeah that's you know that's the point of the joke you know like so don't try to point out something to me and i'm like yeah i i know at that point you got to just pull them up on stage you're like you know what you come in real quick yeah <laughs> we, yeah exactly they're like how do you think the, this keep a hot go? seat on the stage exactly yeah <laughs> that's what's oh up. man it's interesting. I'm thinking now about like uh, comparisons between comedy and music. And another one I'm thinking of is like yeah. uh, most musicians are also fans of music and then most comedians are also fans of other comedians. And in both instances, you sometimes see the influence like get passed along. So do you catch yourself like when you're listening to comedians? Like does that as far? I mean, obviously, practicing jokes is one way of strengthening your skills as a, as a stand up. But is watching stand up also another way to strengthen your skills? Yeah, I think so. You do want to, yeah, you don't want to, you want to be careful that you aren't like ripping anybody off or like writing jokes that sound too much like somebody else if you've been watching a lot of their stuff. But yeah, I definitely like, I listen to a a ton of uh, comedians podcasts. I watch like all the specials that come out on Netflix and HBO and stuff. Yeah, I think it's uh, just sort of inspiring to like see other people do what you want to do super well. And it like gives me, you know, ideas for things I want to write about and things like that. And that's a, a dope-ass storyteller element, too. As in, yeah. You're probably amazing at comedy, too, because you, your pen skills are crazy. Yeah, I feel like I could, like, write. And even Jackson and I have talked about some ways that we could, like, collaborate on some projects that I could get some yeah. of the comedian and, like, more weird and quirky yeah. sides out. But I don't know if I could necessarily get up on stage and do that. Uh, I feel like there's, like, yeah. a certain kind of vulnerability like even music like and i don't even perform that much but like i've performed in the past and i would perform again musically and all of that it's like there's a certain kind of vulnerability with that which is like really tough but i also feel like there's a certain type of vulnerability with stand-up but with going up there and being a comedian that's also really tough maybe a different flavor though that i'm not out here trying to taste for myself 
Yeah, it's yeah, it's I mean, it's a very particular thing, but that's why rap is so cool. I mean, hip hop is so cool. It's like it's one of the main genres of music that has jokes in it. You know, like uh, that's mm-hmm. what I like about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right, yeah, punchlines. Yeah, it's good to have some like a sense of humor, whether or not your music is like explicitly comedic. Yeah, it's it's good not yeah. to like. Most of the time, you don't want to take yourself too seriously. Yeah, I mean, like one of my favorite forms of comedy is like the roast, and I love watching roasts. And it's like that's the yeah. ultimate form of that, where like everyone once you tap into that, it's like anything goes. Like you can say anything about me, and I'm gonna say anything about you. Where we're just gonna get these jokes. Yeah. That's like one of the dopest things about comedy to me is like comedians just like stepping out there, like I'm gonna just say what I'm gonna say. Like this is what it is, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But I'm gonna get the joke off. And it's like if it's not funny, then it's not funny. You know what I'm saying? Then people aren't gonna laugh. Mm-hmm. And like. Okay, where you're less successful, but if you're that type of comedian that you can touch on any topic and you can kind of go any place as long as you're servicing the joke and the joke is if the joke hits, the joke hits, you know. That's a yeah. fact. But then, like, does it? Do you ever at points even feel mean? Because like when I'm when I'm roasting with friends, like there's sometimes in which like people cross the line, and we're all <laughs> we're all kind of give each other a look like, damn, <laughs> you really dropped that one on them. But like, you know, when you're writing something like, oh shit, this is probably pretty mean. I don't do a ton of like roasts specifically because like in general my sense of humor like that's not the sort of stuff I gravitate towards but yeah I mean I've done roast battles with people and I I know I would think like if the joke is funny enough if they're like a real comic they'll even if it you know hurts them to hear the content of the joke they'll also be like but damn that was a funny way that he said that you know I think you you can kind of earn it if you're funny enough but yeah I mean you don't want to be a you don't want to just be an asshole ass just to be an asshole yeah, that's a fact and I mean, that's why I like roasts, because like, again, like everyone is tapped in and like agreeing to be there. It's like sometimes you see yeah. comedians use that form of comedy to like kick down on people below them or like who they think are below them, at least. Um, yeah. Or like public figures who they don't even know who might be going through some shit. And like shit like that is a little bit different where like sometimes I do hear jokes. And I'm like, damn, like you're really going to go there. But like the roast is like, OK, word, anything goes like y'all all signed up to be here. Y'all getting that check. Yeah. <laughs> that's what the heck yeah. thing is funny, too, is like, yo, you you broke this third wall. <laughs> that yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, yeah. Like, you ain't got to bully people in the crowd. For, yeah it's like you're not gonna bully people in the crowd but if, if someone is gonna talk to you then like you're gonna talk back yeah. but yeah it's interesting because like comedy can be used as like something to bring people together but comedy can also be used in a weapon in other circumstances you know you think it could be used as a weapon comedy i mean it's all contextual right it's like i think if it's done well even joking about something that's like you know uh sort of like a subject that like quote unquote should not be joked about if it's like if it's done well enough, then hopefully it's like by joking about it, you sort of bring attention to like why it's this thing that people people feel so strongly about, right? It's like you know the the basis of of, of jokes of like laughter is like tension and release, and like you can create that tension through a lot of different means, but like just getting people emotionally like engaged is definitely one of them. So I mean, I yeah, I don't think there's like anything where it's like you know that's that's like dangerous comedy that's like completely off limits, just like in literally every circumstance but at the same time there are plenty of individual jokes that are like not fucking funny and should not yeah. be made you know that's facts that's real yeah that's real what do you think about like the relationship i've thought about this a few times watching comedians is that like a lot of times comedians seem like really really sad or like are talking about like things that like aren't really funny except for they're putting a funny spin on them yeah. so it's interesting to me how like sometimes like the people who are making all this laugh the most are the ones who are like going through their own things or like you know they say check up on your strong friends and a lot of times the comedians seem like the strong friends because they're the ones making jokes where do you think that relationship comes from if you if you agree that that relationship is there i think it's there for some people i think like 
the desire to have like a crowd of people approve, like giving you instant positive feedback on what you say comes from some degree of neediness as does the desire to be like, cause you know, it's like a stand up set. It's like, I want to have a conversation with a group of people, but nobody gets to talk except me. And I think about like all of what I'm going to say beforehand, you know, like there's a desire for control there, but I don't think it's necessarily like an unhealthy thing. I think there's been honestly like, decades of sort of this idea that like comedians are like dark and brooding and a lot of them are but like there's sort of this idea that like the more you're sort of miserable and suffering in life the more funny material you will come up with and I think that works for some people but also I see a lot of comedians now kind of trying to push back against that and say like really you do your best creative work when you're like living in a healthy way and like living in a sustainable way and not you know destroying yourself so I think it's a I think it's a balance of like that initial impulse to want to do comedy comes from some sort of place, but you want to like still be a, a healthy person. This guy, uh, Gary Goldman, who's like a very funny comedian, just had a special come out on HBO. That's like it's a, it's called The Great Depression. It's like all about him like being depressed and coming out of it and stuff all through comedy. It's like, but it's still like very filled with jokes and very like well written and stuff. It's one of the better addressings of this topic that I've seen recently. I would recommend watching it if you haven't seen it. Do you have any other uh, comedians who you're like? who you particularly look up to? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Gary Goldman is great. I like Hannibal Burris a lot. I think he's like really silly and uh, very like kind of casual on stage, but in a way where you're still like, wow, this guy is so smart and funny. You know, he like doesn't ever seem like he's trying too hard, but he's, he's crushing. Um, I like, uh, I've always been a big fan of like, kind of like the weird, like sort of absurdy, like one liner type guys. So like Zach Galifianakis, Dimitri Martin, Mitch Hedberg, Stephen Wright, uh, all those guys I'm a huge fan of. There's a guy named Sam Morrill, who's like a New York comedian who writes kind of like generally ge- sort of like dark material, but writes like really strong, like well-written, just like jokes, you know. Uh, I-, I like guys who, like I-, I enjoy all types of comedy, but the guys who are my favorites are usually the ones who like, rather than just like going up on stage and being like, here's my opinion on a topic, let me talk you through it. Like I really like the guys who write like jokes, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we gotta. We need. We need to do like a like a joke sesh mixed with like a freestyle Friday, mixed with like a <laughs> producer session, just something and get this yeah. going. Even NBA players are going on stage doing comedy. Doing I've been seeing some of that stuff, right? Yeah. yeah, Blake Griffin wants to be a comedian, man. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's all. It's interesting too, because it's like, I mean, you mentioned sometimes comedy or starting your comedy career can come from a place of neediness, but sometimes it also comes from a place of ego, right? Where it's like, I'm funny. Uh, <laughs> like I got Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's interesting where it's like, sometimes someone is in another field and they're like, well, I'm funny. So I'm going to just like host this and get some jokes. Like, I mean, even, even uh, Drake played stand up for a second. I remember at the ESPYs. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 For sure. Drake. Yeah. John Mayer did stand up for a while. Um, Jeremy Piven, that actor, was just like, I'm in funny movies. I think I'll be a comedian, you know? Yeah, people definitely try to do that pivot. And yeah, I feel like almost all of the time, if somebody is famous for something else and then tries to become a comedian, usually it's not very successful. But, you know, there are exceptions. But on the other hand, you do see a lot of people who come in as comedians and then go into, like, dramatic roles and, like, end up crushing those. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah, I think the opposite is more, is more likely. It's that whole reading the room reading the room, gauging vibes and energy. Yeah, exactly. It teaches you, yeah, good skills as a performer. It teaches you at least how to, like, play yourself or, like, a version of yourself, you know? It's like, if your character, the character you're playing is, is similar to you in their, like, psychology, then stand-up's a good, uh, good preparation for it. Do you have any, like, goals with stand-up as far as, like, you know, 
I know there's a lot of like hour long specials and things like that. Like, would you want to build out uh, a full routine that that's lot of that length, uh, like touring with it, or like any particular avenues that you're looking to pursue? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to like. I mean, because it, it's such a it's such a business where like there's no clear path to success or like guarantees that you're going to make it. So I try not to have goals that are too like based on your success in the industry. But yeah, if I could have like an album or a video special that was like an hour that I was proud of that I like actually got recorded. And even if it was like, you know, if I did it myself or like did it through some small label and it didn't make any money or anything, I think like having that recorded body of work would be very cool. I think that would be a pretty satisfying thing to do. Mm, We got to make it happen, man. Dude, we're there. Yeah, I mean, I don't even have an hour of material yet. Like, I'd have to stretch, but I'm I'm building it. That's the thing. Is like stand up takes so long to build because, uh, like in New York, most of the open mics we're doing are like anywhere from two to five, maybe six minutes. Like eight minutes is a really long open mic. So, you know, you do an open mic that's that long. Usually, you're not killing the whole time, right? You get like maybe a couple of good minutes out of that. You do that over and over again, and you got to build up a whole like hour out of that. It takes forever, but you know it's it's worth it though. It's like a big goal. And then you got to tie all of those stories together. That's the way Chappelle goes about doing it. He just it's it's just so seamless, so seamless yeah. as if he's really just telling you about his day. It's like, damn, all this shit really happened to you yesterday. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get better at now. Because like I said, I do really like like writing little jokes but i think it's more satisfying when yeah there's like a nice big you can put sort of a narrative to it so yeah now i've been finding things where it's like i have like a story or i have a topic i want to talk about and like maybe i have one joke that i write for it and then i'm like oh yeah i remember this joke that i wrote two years ago this would fit in well here and like kind of piecing those little pieces into something bigger that's what i'm trying to work on right now do you have any jokes that you can hit us with <laughs> I, I, hate, I hate that. I want to yeah. say, I want to preface that by saying I hate that because I, I as someone who who raps, like I know that rap and I'm sure comedy are two of the things where it's always like you see someone in public and they say that they do that, and you're like, oh, let's just do it right now then. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> out of all context and everything. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, um, if you I can tell you a joke if you would like. Yeah, I have a joke that I usually tell when people ask me this because it's like a pretty like jokey joke and uh, it generally plays pretty well. But yeah, so you know, as I was saying earlier, you know, I'm from Nebraska, and I always say that like people don't know anything about Nebraska, so I have to. It's my job to like be the representative of the place and like tell people about it when I meet them. Uh, so I tell people, you know, that there's a, there's like a little state saying that we have in Nebraska. Most people don't know about it, but it's sort of like the one uh, for Las Vegas, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Uh, so for ours, the first part of it is the same, what happens in Nebraska. And the second part of it is a question mark. Here we go.